Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and condensed nerd talk you need for virtual reality gaming every Friday. I'm Jay Brat, your host for the night and a virtual reality YouTuber. I'm Adam Charlton, a software developer who is so tall, I have to use a downsized VR avatar in order to fit in the same shot with these people. (laughs) (laughs) Great. And then I'm Destiny Wheeler, entrepreneur and VR enthusiast. And uh, just just for reference out there, Adam is like nearly a foot and a half taller than Destiny. So yeah, that is, yeah, we're the extreme. <laughs> that is some height. Yeah, yeah, he's She's the tallest, and, and I'm tall. the shortest one. I'm like four. <laughs> right, and so, so of course they put us right next to each other. You know, <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. Well, tonight we have a special guest. Our associate producer, who apparently thought this was a job interview, by the way, he dressed yeah, yeah. for it. <laughs> he's here. He's terrified of being on camera. But this is Ryan. Ryan. How's it going, everybody? I can't do my thumbs up. How's it going? <laughs> oh, it's so good. Ryan, do you want to tell the viewers anything about yourself? Do you have any interesting factoids? I'm just, I'm just a technology enthusiast, and, and I'm just excited to be here with you guys, taking Roof's place, finally. Apparently, the Jonas Brothers did a pop-up concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rip is at that. That's true. He, I just got another message from him. He said he's backstage with them right now. (laughs) He's sending you selfies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, if you haven't figured this out listening to the podcast, we're all actually sitting here in virtual reality as if we were really together in one beautiful room looking out at the ocean. So check out the YouTube channel if you want to see us in our lovely VR faces. We run the podcast in four sections. First, a Q&A section from our Discord and Patreon, where we answer your questions. Second, a VR gaming news section. We talk about all the latest news. Third, we talk about our experience with either some of the new VR games to come out or some oldies but goldies, if nothing good has come out that week. And then fourth, we run a discussion. It changes week to week. This week, we're going to be talking about that new Neuralink and its implications for gaming and VR. Last week, we covered, is VR finally approachable? Check out last week's podcast to hear all about it. So we got some questions. First one, of course, is from one of our biggest supporters, Rumbo. Rumbo asks, are locomotion games immersive? So he's talking games where you basically use thumbsticks to move around. Because he says, I don't see why they would be, since you don't really move in real life, or are normal standing-only games more immersive? So I'm sure everybody has a great opinion on this. I... I personally think, like, yes, it can still be immersive with using thumbsticks because, I mean, games you play, Assassin's Creed or Call of Duty, you're you're sitting across the room from a TV and you're using thumbsticks, and it still can feel immersive. You don't have to necessarily be perfectly embodied inside of a game. It's just better for VR, too, to really feel the immersion, but you can still be immersed. So I think it it is still immersive, but... When you get in a game where you've got room scale and everything is around you, you walk around the room and you move around, I do think that is another level of immersion that is way more. What does Adam yeah. think? Because I know I know he's been saying all day he's got an opinion. <laughs> I do have opinions, uh, <clears throat> but only sometimes. Only about things where I disagree with Jay, right? Um, <laughs> no, I, I agree. Locomotion games can definitely be immersive. I think that simulator type games where you're in some sort of cockpit tends to be the most immersive games ever. Um, in my experience, Elite Dangerous is the most immersive I've ever been in a video game. It is the only video game where, you know, you get done after your flight. And I honestly lean back in my chair in game and just breathe a sigh of relief and just sort of experience the atmosphere that I'm in. Um, and so I think that sitting down cockpit type games, by far the most immersive games out there. But you're also talking about playing them with like a flight stick and stuff too, right? 
Yes, do, I do play do the them with a flight stick. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're playing that with like an Xbox controller, it might not be the same experience. But yeah, you play a flight sim game or you play a car racing game with the wheel. I do agree that is that can be crazy immersive. Right. But th- that's not to say that locomotion games can't be immersive, though. I mean, anyone who played Half-Life Alex, for example, I'm sure, you know, has been really sucked into that game. But definitely, I feel like just due to the way that your brain works with locomotion, uh, standing games, room scale games, simulation, sitting down type games definitely have an edge over locomotion games. That's that's my opinion, though. Destiny, yeah, what I do mean, you think? I agree. I see what you're saying. But I think it also just depends on like what the environment is or what's going on like around you, because there's been several games I've played. Well, I guess I don't know. Would the short films count like the the Raven, the one that I checked out last week so that one technically is like a you know a standing type game but it's not as immersive as like other games i've played even ones with locomotion like it's cool because you're you know you do feel like you're in the room but since like in that one uh for instance everything's still there's not like a bunch of movement it's almost like kind of still feeling like you i don't know like it just didn't give me quite that feeling of like what you're talking about since mm-hmm. everything wasn't as like interactive so i think also like said part of it's you know the environment like what's going on versus whether or not you're moving or standing totally get that well ryan what do you think you're you're my sim buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah what do you yeah, think the, i don't think really anything can can go past sims especially when you have the flight stick you're really into it you know what you're doing and especially if you're playing with other people it's really the best thing. I think the number one thing for me, though, is a shooter. You know, having to get behind cover, you know, you get your heart pumping, you, you're going against other people. I think that that really is is probably the best when it comes to immersion. And that's a lot of down on the floor, you know, getting, getting you know, rug burn. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, I, and I feel like, the games like Onward and and any of the ones that use the thumbsticks, I feel like that doesn't really cut down on your immersion. Um, but it, I I f- I feel like if I got the chance to say play in like a giant warehouse where I just could <laughs> run around, that would be the ultimate version of everything that we're trying to do. And I you know so I I think it's a mix of everything. It's the visual and it's the physical. I I don't really yeah it doesn't make a huge difference for me. Yeah. Well, there's a same. there's a degree of like Destiny was saying, like if you have a game where you're you're walking around an actual room and stuff, but the problem is nothing's happening. Yeah. You have time to notice it doesn't look real or uh, something's off with it. So you have the yeah. time. Where there's a game where it's distracting you from it, or like sometimes I think action games, like you're saying, can be the most immersive because you get dropped into a battlefield and you don't have time to think about the fact that you're in a game. Real. So people are shooting at you and you're just trying to quickly yeah. survive. <laughs> that can be really immersive because it's so frantic. You don't have time to to figure out this isn't a real world like this is fake you just you're just oh crap i'm in, I'm in a battle and i have to i have to fight so <laughs> it's yeah. a way to distract the person <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a little bit a- of a trick adam you had a couple questions because of that that really interesting topic you talked about last week don't you yeah you know uh apparently i'm getting some hate on my <laughs> very correct opinion by the way uh drunken monkey asks what monster eats noodles with a spoon nonstop power asks why on earth would you eat mac and cheese with the spoon because i'm right you heathens <laughs> that's why that's it is just great. more effective to eat mac and cheese with a spoon that way you get all of the cheesy buttery goodness all at once 
You okay, know. so you could well, be giving I, all that calories to people in Africa, but no, you're just going to waste oh, it. You oh, gotta be eating them. <laughs> you had to take it that way. No, oh, I was gonna say, like, I was thinking about it. You could totally still get up what was left over with the fork. So once you're down to like the last noodle, stab the noodle and then use it to kind of like be a mop and like mop up the extra <laughs> cheese and mm. then eat it. And there you go. <laughs> You know, uh, I thought about just taking some pictures of me eating mac and cheese with a spoon on the Discord just to show all you guys. And maybe I'll still do that because obviously are still all wrong. <laughs> this should be Adam's going to start an Instagram because he doesn't have mm. one. This should be it, just pictures of your toilet paper facing the wrong direction and you eating mac and cheese the wrong way. Maybe your whole Instagram could just be like the wrong way to live life. That's, that's what, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> Unpopular opinions. Yeah, perfect. Oh, Destiny, what, what's the other question? Somebody asked you something. So from Starsight, we have, what do you guys think about Phantom Touch, cool, real, or fake? Um, I would definitely say, like, it's real. I think on a, at least the most minor level, and I think a lot of us with animals can attest to this, but, like, if you're in-game and, like, something's going on and you're about to touch something and your cat or something accidentally, <laughs> like, rubs up against you, and it does, it totally gives you that vibe of, like, being touched in like what you're seeing in game but in real life like i mean what about you (laughs) (laughs) wrong i'm back now anyways what what about you jake because i know you have animals i'm sure you've experienced stuff like this well this so i think there's a name for the technical of this is i think it's synesthesia where this is most common in amputees who like the they have a leg cut off and yet they'll still feel their foot itching or something or someone can go to touch that area and they'll feel the the touch and in VR, for those who don't know out there, haven't heard of this, basically there's this idea that either through hypnotism or through real life simulation, like I could be touching Ryan right here and he would have someone else in his room touching him just like this, even though he's trying to get away. And it would tell his brain that he's being touched through these exercises. You're supposed to eventually be to where if I touched him without anyone touching him in real life, he would feel that. And so... I think there's a degree of reality to it, but I think that a lot of people probably play this up and like, oh yeah, I totally feel the touch. Like if I could walk up to them and like touch their shoulder when they're not looking and they like looked at me like they felt it, that would blow my mind. But it's well, really yeah, no, simple. It's literally just yeah. tricking the um, your perception, like your eyes. It's just yep, syncing up what your it. eyes are seeing and what you're actually feeling. Um, and so do I think it's a thing? Yeah, I totally think it's a thing. Um I, I do think, you think as many people get it as say they do? Absolutely not. I don't know if I've ever <laughs> once experienced it. Did you it, say it, it takes was... a deep level of immersion and a very controlled setting in order to get someone to feel phantom touch um, in VR, I think. And so unless you're like sitting down in an experiment type situation, yeah, I really don't think phantom touch is going to happen it really needs to be a pretty controlled environment for you to start feeling it did you did you say synesthesia i think that's, it, the, name. that's the that's the one where you get um that's sensory, where you can like hear sounds. things yeah sounds or colors and that sort of thing okay that's, um, that's the wrong that's the wrong word yeah, <laughs> do not quote me on that yeah but the but experiments like, they do with those sorts of things are crazy you know and i, I think yeah, they're definitely yeah, real um i know that you know when you have something come up in your face in VR, 
you'll feel like a little tingling on your forehead or something you know on your <laughs> arm I think, or something. like okay I, I feel something or, well like richie's uh plank experience like what about that like is that what they're kind of saying like you kind of if you're walking on the plank and visually you can uh, see that you get that same feeling is that well, like what they're saying uh, i'm not sure immersion. i think we need to yeah I, we need to differentiate immersion versus phantom touch Phantom, Phantom touch. touch is simply, simply like if you see your VR avatar being yeah, touched and you thing. think you feel it in real life, like you yeah. really think that you feel that graze when you when there's nothing actually causing it. Yeah. And people are trying to actively get this. They are going to a VR hypnotist or they are doing this experiment at home with someone else and they are trying to actually achieve this because people want this. They think, oh, it's really cool if you can feel the touches. But I, I definitely think there's a degree of people wanting it to happen, and then they think it happens versus yeah, I think we're, actually I think we're, being yeah. able to achieve. I think we're probably going to need some electronic interface, you know, with the brain to get things to actually feel real like that. Sneak peek maybe, for later in the podcast. <laughs> maybe we need to. Maybe we need to experiment with this. Maybe. Uh, Somebody, yeah. I'll slap someone, and okay. then someone in real life needs to slap them. And then on the third <laughs> slap, I'll just VR slap them, and we'll see if they still wince and feel the pain. I electric. There you go. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll use Adam. No. <laughs> Uh, so we, that's the questions for this week. If you want your questions answered, hit us up on discord, join our discord, leave questions in the Q and a, let's talk about some news. But first, you knew this was coming. This week's news segment is sponsored by Asterian Products. Does your VR headset sit in some crappy cardboard box or on the floor somewhere? Well, here at Full Dive, we think your headset should rest on a stand worthy of your VR device. And that's why we are excited to recommend the Aura Universal VR Stand. It's compatible with every VR headset. It's minimalist. It's modern. It looks great sitting there. There's pictures of it all over my Instagram. I think we've got some on the Full Dive Instagram. If not, we're going to get some on there. Show you how good it looks. It's got RGB lighting. You can cycle through the colors. You can turn it off and just have it sitting there looking nice, whatever you want to do. What do you guys think? We all have them now. Ryan, you have an Aura, don't you? I do. Yes, I do. Yes. What's what's your experience? Because everyone's heard theirs. What do, what do yeah. you think of your Aura? I, yeah, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of stuff that just look really clean and simple i'm like you know as 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 simple of a design that i can get that just looks really good i i think that's how i go and um i have it sitting on my uh piano to my right with the with the headset on it and and i use the uh the red and the green light are my favorites so Ooh, yeah classy that's nice Definitely. yeah classy the yeah, suit is starting to make sense <laughs> well. because you're just a classy individual <laughs> It's also, we didn't mention, it's got a USB port on the side. So if you have a Quest and you need to charge it, it'll charge that. If you're working with a different VR headset, if you've got a PSVR, you want to charge your move controls, you can charge those from the side. Any VR peripheral you need to charge, it's there for you. If you want to get your own, head over to asterianproducts.com, get $5 off with our code, one word, full dive, F-U-L-L-D-I-V-E. It's in the show notes. It's in the description. It's everywhere for you. That's going to get you $5 off any order over $19.99. So that would mean if you wanted to get your Aura stand, it's only going to be $24.99 for you. Free shipping. That's a good deal. <laughs> uh, we've got some news. Let's talk about... Uh, this little thing called The Line. Now, there is a, a Brazilian VR developer, Arvor. They've just won an Emmy Award for outstanding innovation in interactive programming for their VR narrative, The Line, which released on July 9th this year. It's available on Quest, and it's how to be one of the best narrative experiences available on the headset. It's also on Steam, 
but you can play it with hand tracking on the quest. So that's that's kind of one of the big deals I think about. It. It's only like 15 minutes long. It's $5. It's a story set in a scale model of 1940s Sao Paulo, and it follows this little character, Pedro. Super cute. He's a little miniature doll slash newspaper delivery person. He runs the same route around the model every day, but he leaves a flower outside the house of Rosa, this girl he loves each time. It's a very cute tale with great attention to detail. I got to tell you guys, I was so I was so interested in this. I was trying to find it. This thing is hard to find. You type the really? line into Steam. You type the line VR. It does not come up on Steam. <laughs> you have to go dig for this thing. Have, have, has anyone here even heard of it? No. Haven't so even heard like, of it. Like, when you say Quest, do you mean like with the link like PC? Or, I mean, no. what am I saying? Like, no, native Quest. You know what I mean? Like, is yeah. it... So like it's, in the actual it's on the Quest Oculus store, store. It's, on there? it's on the Oculus store, five dollars. I was thinking about you when I saw this, and the, so I actually went through the experience today. But you were talking about the short films. I think you would love mm-hmm. this just to check it out. But when I don't, I don't even know how to how to express. But it it deserved the Emmy. It's not the most amazing experience in terms of graphics or even storyline, but. For some reason, the way they built the room scale, they they want you to use room scale. They want you to use hand tracking. And something about that just made it such a magical little experience for me. You, you're using your actual hands to interact. You're, you're crawling around your room at points. You're walking around your room. And it just, it's it's a great experience. Anyone out there who's like, oh, $5. If you have a quest, I would say it's definitely worth it. If you're getting it on Steam, I don't know if with controllers it's going to be quite the same experience. But I would say it's worth it and it's cool to check it out. It's just a little short, but there's something about it. It takes you through the scale. So like, I don't want to give away too many spoilers here, but it takes you through things in just such an interesting little way that I had a blast with the 15 minutes that I did it. Really, it made me nice. almost feel almost feel a little emotional. Oh, strangely. And Jay's yeah, heart threw three sizes that day. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now it is a size three. <laughs> yeah. The line, you guys, I would say if, if either you want to check it out, it's five bucks. You're only going to get 15 minutes. It's only probably going to be a one-time experience, but I think it's worth it. I've, I've played yeah. a few of those narrative-based things, both like fictional and historical, and I think they're definitely a, a, an awesome way to, to utilize VR. Like uh, one of them was, uh, was a, there was a World War II experience in the Oculus Store where you're in a bomber and you're taking place of a, world war ii reporter that took a trip over nazi germany inside of a bomber and it was it was crazy and it wasn't that long but you got to hear the 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 old actual recordings of the people talking in the plane and how they reacted to everything and the sounds of the explosions and everything and just the the immersion paired with the story paired with the fact that you were sitting there safe but this was stuff that people actually went through. So I think it's a really good way to like, kind of like live history and different stories like that. Oh yeah. That would be cool for like history. Yeah, It is. And a lot of people who are newer to VR haven't gotten these experiences. Cause like when I had a gear VR, this was kind of like all you did with it was this kind of <laughs> stuff. And I've been through a lot of them and the line definitely stands out as a unique one. And the one you're talking about sounds really cool. So yeah. I, I definitely recommend if you're out there and you've done VR, you haven't done any of the films, the short films, that kind of stuff, check it out. It's surprisingly good and uh, you know it's nice that it's getting recognition for it too like the emmys yeah, that's yeah. a big deal no wonder it's won the outstanding innovation emmy i mean this is a really good new medium for showing these different experiences yeah. way more than you can do on like a on a flat screen experience it really right. sucks you into it i i think that we're going to see increasing amounts of these types of things in the future just because it is such a good way to 
give that experience to the viewers. Yeah. I hope so. I, I wish Rip was here to weigh in on this because I know he's had some film experience. But one thing that's a big barrier they're saying with like the real life ones of these, not the computer ones, but like how do you have a director and and other people <laughs> in in a scene when it's a 360 camera and it's capturing literally everything? Like, do they edit out one corner of it? Like, what do they do to get past that barrier? Because mm. it's not like shooting a traditional film where you're one angle or something like it's right. really yeah. different. No, even in film, they you do so much to draw the viewer into where you want them to see like where do you want the viewer to look in even in this one individual frame and i think it's just a more advanced version of that you know you like you don't want everything to be so fast that you miss it but you want it to not linger too long but you just really want to like obviously you don't want to turn the person's view you don't want to because that would make people sick but i think (laughs) but i think there's a lot of like classical filmmaking techniques that they can really apply to this and I mean, they, they do things in, you know, when it comes to directing, um, they, you know, in uh, animated films and that sort of thing, they, they've had to tackle a lot of those things already. So I think they can do it. And I think they can think of a lot of really cool new ways to do it as well. With like sound. Um, yeah. Good directional sound. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, Ryan, a big a big reason we had to bring you on tonight was because of these NVIDIA announcements, and you're you're a bit of a tech whore, right? right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so tell us what's going on with NVIDIA. And NVIDIA just made some big moves yesterday, and I think anybody who follows like computer hardware is is probably super happy. Last generation's launch of the twenty series was fairly lackluster. They put a lot of effort into technology that a lot of people didn't really want or think they needed and wasn't implemented definitely within computers and games both in obviously in vr because it's extremely hardware intensive and in flat screen stuff but so this, this year is video this is video cards we're talking yeah we're about talking right graphics video graphics card graphics cards and but nvidia announced on september 1st i woke up early in the morning to watch the press conference so i was super excited <laughs> They they announced the 30 series GPUs and it's it's a massive jump in performance to cost for everybody. There's going to be a um, a 3060, a 3070, 3080, and a 3090, and I'm sure a couple other editions later on. And uh, the 3060 is probably going to come in around um, 299. Um, the 3070 is going to come in around 499. And the 1080 is 699, and the 3090 for anybody who wants to buy a small car, but <laughs> instead decides to buy a graphics card can pay that um, 14.99 price tag. But when it comes yeah, to the performance, exactly, yeah. it's, it's crazy. But when it comes to the performance boost, last generation's cards are worthless now. When it comes to price, if you can actually get the cards. For two ninety or for um sorry two uh yeah two ninety nine and four ninety nine, then uh you're gonna be doubling your process uh, your um power when it comes to the the uh, three eighty, you're gonna be getting as good as the twenty eighty Ti for the three seventy, which is huge because I have the twenty seventy now, and and I can run everything in VR except for my flight sims. <laughs> I I need more power for those flight sims because I just need a bit higher frames. I can't handle forty to fifty frames, and um 
And then if you wanted to go to the uh, the 3060, you're pretty much going to be able to do anything you want in VR, um, no problem, for for a reasonable amount of money when it comes to graphics cards. The 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 way prices have increased over the years have really made it a barrier to entry for a lot of people. Um, you know, because they're like, okay, I want to get into VR. I got to buy a five six hundred dollar headset, maybe even a thousand dollar headset or more, and I have to build a computer. So if you're able to get a card that's not ex- extremely expensive, whether it be an old 20 series or a new 30 series, you're really able to build that PC that can handle your um, VR games without having to spend, you know, $2,000, $1,500. I completely agree. Yeah. Almost every time we talk about what are the barriers to entry yeah. for for VR, it's like, why isn't VR mainstream? It's always that price point is the exactly. number yeah. one thing. Exactly. And the biggest price point on your computer is your graphics card. And so seeing yeah. these super powerful graphics cards with these huge generational leaps really coming down in price to the you know, it's still going to shock maybe the console players out there, sure. but these graphics cards coming down to like a in the 500 range, that's incredible. Yeah. And it's really going to pave the way for VR being more openly accepted. Yeah, I'm and, really and, I'm really excited for it. And and there's yeah. and there's there's leaps and bounds not just hardware wise, but also software wise. They're doing a lot of things with new ways to 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 um, port memory and and you know, to access the software that you're using. So hopefully things <laughs> continue to progress where you can you can really not have any bottlenecks because of other parts of your computer and, and to be able to do stuff where everything just gets so fast that people are able to buy a $200 card and, uh, yeah. and not break the bank, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they've announced all these. Do we do we have a date? Do we know yes, when it's coming up? Yes, we do. We have um, October for the 2070. And we have um, Holy September crap, that's fast. <laughs> early, early in mid September for the uh, for the for the three ninety and the two eighty or sorry in the three eighty, the two uh, two sixty is is technically rumored, but it it usually always comes out for a lower price point, and, and so that'll come out sometime in the future probably. Uh, it's currently not announced, um, but yeah, they they come out really soon. It's kind of like an Apple release schedule. They announce it, and then within. You know, two to three weeks, stuff is out. So, <laughs> the f- the first cards getting it uh, released are obviously the Founders Editions, which are you know hopefully going to be close to MSRP. Um, and then after that, we'll we'll get third party making cards, which is usually what I what I go for. I usually go for a third party card, um, just because you can either get more performance or better cooling or or better prices or so on. So, um, yeah, but real soon, uh, obviously, it's going to be a very competitive market. It was with the uh, 20 series. So realistically, I'm not looking to probably upgrade until uh, spring, you know, just because of availability and price and that sort of thing. Well, that brings up a good question because we've got people on the Discord who are about to buy their first PC right. to get into VR. Wait. What, 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 what if I have? What if I had a thousand bucks right now? Wait. Now what happens? And, unless, in, in, if, if it's gonna, if it's not gonna drive you crazy that you could, <laughs> that you could, that you could get a massive boost of performance by waiting maybe six months, max, like hopefully six months max, then wait because it's just I, I just you know I couldn't recommend anybody buying a twenty series card unless they're getting it for a third of the price that it that it MSRP is for, MSRP is for or in <laughs> or you're getting you know a used card so um 
yeah, weight is my probably my recommendation. Unfortunately. So if you had a 2070, you should have sold it two days ago because you're probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have I have mine. I have a friend that actually just bought one a month, like oh, no. a month ago, and he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna try to get rid of it. Yeah. But, um, Check the return yeah. policy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Basically, new graphics cards are always good are, news. It's good it's, for everybody. It, yeah, it's good for all of us. But it also means if you were really trying to get that budget PC, when these launch, we might see the current graphics cards, which we use right now in VR. They're still great. You might be able to get a Way good down. steal of a deal yeah. on one, too. So watch for those. Yeah. So good news for everyone out there. And it depends on your it depends on your use case. You gotta really you gotta really figure out what you wanna play. You know, if you're trying to do sims, you probably know that you're gonna need more performance. If you're just trying to do more um, you know, onward um VR chat, those sorts of experiences and things around those, you know, you don't have to spend a lot of money um nowadays especially, which is good. Yeah. So yeah. Nice. Uh, we've got more news of Destiny. You want to you want to tell us what's happening with Facebook? <laughs> oh yeah, let's talk about the lovely update with Facebook. So basically, <laughs> Facebook Horizons is going to be like real life interaction where everything was recorded and monitored. Yay! <laughs> so um, this is like so weird. Okay, so basically, all the users in Horizon are involuntarily going to be recording each other on a rolling basis this recording is stored on the headset itself if one user reports another the recording may be sent to facebook to check out the or to check the role for violations the company says that the recording will be deleted once the report is concluded that's super creepy and then that, i think the yeah. creepiest <laughs> thing is that anyone you interact with um, you can invite invisible observers from facebook to watch you in real time to make sure you don't break any rules and oh yeah and so the users will not be notified when they're being watched so it just keeps getting better that's that's great you know so it's hard you know hard. I, I gotta say though and maybe i'll disagree how is this really different than any other sort of game out there or mmo you know it's like anything you do online is normally being observed anyway if you're in say world of warcraft which is you know facebook horizons is basically like an mmo Everything you do can be recorded anyway, and you can be restricted and hit for rule violations for anything. I really don't see how this is all that different. The only creepy part about it is that how much more VR feels like real life. <laughs> and so yeah. when it feels like you're being recorded in VR, it kind of feels like a, a an invasion of your real life privacy. Yeah. But I don't know. For me... Uh, maybe you guys will have some different thoughts, but it doesn't feel like that big of a deal to me. <laughs> well, to any listeners who, ha who aren't caught up on the podcast or haven't been watching VR news, Facebook Horizons is basically going to be what Facebook was trying to make a VR oasis, like in Ready Player One. Basically a hub where everyone hangs out, they, does so they do social stuff, they go play games. This is basically news telling us you're constantly going to be monitored. And that was my first question, Adam. I was going to say, because I know people get banned in Rec Room all the time for being inappropriate. And I'm like, well, how do they know they actually did it? Are all these other companies already doing this and it's buried in their terms of service? And we're just freaking out because they actually told us they're going to do it? Like, is this commonplace in games? I don't know. But if it is, we, we may be dealing with this already, and this may not be the big deal, it sounds like. Just the way they worded it sounded kind of creepy. <laughs> yes, yeah. So the only singular creepy thing about this, sorry for interrupting, Destiny. Yeah, you can continue. No, no, you're, <laughs> no you're fine. So I, I'm rereading over uh, the actual news posting. 
the really creepy thing that they have though is that everyone is involuntarily recording each other so your own headset is constantly being recorded which means that it's not just a game thing it can be if it's stored on the headset it is a hardware thing meaning that they can record you in any game you play not just horizons and that's where it goes kind of from oh this is typical mmo stuff to like okay this is dystopian north korea (laughs) oh yeah okay that is is imagine 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 all the people in VR chat being recorded all the time. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah. Right? I mean, we could be recording right now. Exa- we would never yeah, know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not like we have like observer. four cameras on us right now or anything. But, you <laughs> yeah. know. It's, it's just, and, and, yeah. Did we have a discussion or did you guys talk about eye tracking? Um Right, you talked about eye tracking. I believe we touched on some security, some of the security concerns around that. Um, I th- yeah, I think it's you know it's a- another example of you know big tech and invasion of privacy. Unfortunately, you know I think it's just going to get worse, and we're just going to get more used to it. Um, yeah, I mean we already experienced it on our phones. I mean everything we look at, everything we say can technically be recorded. You know, so and probably is so. Yeah, and so this is where Facebook is really using their oculus link where soon on oculus devices it could very well be that no matter what software you use what applications you're in you're going to be start getting recorded soon and that is kind of creepy that that's kind of terrible (laughs) Uh, you're going to be able to use it like if if it's so we got also got to look into this from the perspective that they're going to be connecting all of the oculus system to facebook so obviously this is this is data collection for advertising on facebook for um for probably like liability stuff where it doesn't become a platform right. that people can like the plan stuff or or do bad things in you know yeah. so i think it's it's just their whole network that if you're in you're in and you got to kind of get used to it or you get out you know yeah they're definitely trying to take it in that direction but i guess yeah. that's what makes it like so much more weird versus like other people or other games already using that like facebook like they're just they're so extra weird about stuff that like you you have no idea like what they're trying to do with it you know because like well, and i know other games like in alt space like they're using i don't like with them i don't think they're actually like recording and uh doing stuff like this per se like i know how they monitor and they can ban people is like they'll have actual people who are designated as the monitor in a room with you that like if they hear you cussing or misbehaving you know they can like you know talk to you or whatever get on to you but not like this like that's i don't know well the main problem with this is that there's a difference between software recording and hardware recording so normally if you're say in an mmo world of warcraft just because it's easy um, there's server recordings, there's server actions, and they look through the server logs to see if anything happened. But your computer isn't. <laughs> right, but your computer yeah. isn't. This is the equivalent of world like Blizzard is using and saving the recording footage on your computer and then accessing your computer to retrieve that footage. Yeah, it's a backdoor. This anything, is where it's really. creepy because you know that recording doesn't extend just to horizons. It can extend to any game you play. You know, and they're probably not going to care about what your high score and Beat Saber is. They're probably going, <laughs> they can look through any recording of any application, any game, any software, any entertainment videos that you're watching, any of that. They're recording you. They can record you and look it up later. 
And that yeah. is deeply disturbing. <laughs> yeah. They're going to get yeah. to know you really well. Really For anyone well. out there, if you don't have a friend, you have one in Facebook now because they're going to know <laughs> right. you better than anyone <laughs> yeah. else does. It's not my, my personal FBI agent, right? It's my yeah. personal It's my personal <laughs> Facebook guy that's watching yeah. over Mark me. Mark Zuckerberg laying back in a nice chair with just TV screens with people in VR goggles. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like my two guardian angels. I got the FBI agent yeah. on one shoulder and the, and the Facebook on the other. <laughs> well protected. They'll always be there. As scary as it sounds, I will tell you from from having a bit of experience in doing surveillance work, it is the most boring thing ever, though. So (laughs) will you be able to be watched and monitored? Yes. Is anyone actually going to be watching you all the time? Well, no. No, it's freaking boring to watch people. (laughs) It is is so hard to, like, scroll through security footage and, like, wait for something to happen because the moment it happened was such a small point in time and everything else was just so boring. Yeah, And that's where, you know, software really comes into big play because – I deal without my real life job sifting through giant tons of, you know, huge data sets looking for interesting things where with software, they can easily scan through everything. Oh, hey, what did they look at? Did they show a little bit more attention to that on their recording and then start targeting advertising to you? And that is creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Big data. Big oh, data. Man. Well, some good news if you're wanting to get a Facebook headset. <laughs> I don't know why you would after that last yeah, one, but yeah. if you do. If you're just with <laughs> us now, let's talk about finding out some good news. So there was a potential leak this last week. So a premature Walmart product listing popped up on the site that may actually point to the price and internal storage options for the highly, highly rumored Oculus Quest 2 or Oculus Quest Lite, whatever it's going to be called. Walmart had a mystery Oculus headset listed pop-up that was called the Oculus Point Reyes. The listing specified two different models you can get, a 64-gigabyte model for $299 and a 256-gigabyte model for $399. So if these are actual prices... Unbelievable pricing. Yeah, that's crazy low pricing. If this is real... That would recommend that would that would be a big drop because right now the Oculus Quest, the sixty-four gig model, costs four hundred dollars. So you could you could be getting mm-hmm. a two fifty-six gigabyte one, or if you wanted the one twenty-eight, you know it was five hundred. So this, we what do you guys think? Let's just let's just jump into this because this is this is exciting and crazy and who knows what this means. What do you think? It's kind of confusing. So like. Nope. Then I wonder what actual upgrades are being made for them to be, you know, that much cheaper. Like, are they actually going backwards? Like, that just doesn't make sense to me, the price drop. Um, It actually makes a little bit more sense to me. So I used to work at Best Buy uh, and a little bit of trade secrets here, but (laughs) but Best Buy actually sells computers under what they're worth. And so if you want a good deal on a computer, actually go to Best Buy because they actually sell them almost at cost or a little under cost because they want you on their platform. They Then once you get into Best Buy, you buy the computer, then you buy all the accessories. And that's what Facebook is doing here. Facebook on these, th- this pricing, $300 and $400, is so unbelievably cheap. They are definitely not making any money selling you these headsets. They're not making anything. They might even be losing money, but they're getting you on the platform. They want you on the Facebook Horizons, on their Oculus Store, it's it's an unbelievable marketing strategy, and honestly, seeing those prices, it even with all of these things, it almost makes me want to pick up an Oculus just for the heck of it. Because you almost can't say no to a three hundred dollar headset. Are you kidding me? That's incredible. Right. 
$300 wireless headset. Right. The, Completely is, standalone. We don't have any final renderings or pictures, so we don't know for sure if the pictures that have been leaked since July are the ones. But if you look at them closely, there are a few places they've saved money. They've switched from the headband of the Quest and its like rubbery design that tries to make comfortable to just a terrible elastic band like the oh. old Gear VRs used to use. So they are they are shaving some costs here and there. But if this thing supposedly has a better refresh rate, it probably has a better processor. So they're definitely... If it's an upgrade like it seems, they're definitely probably losing money, but they're going to make it up in software. They know it. They've got you trapped on the Oculus store for the most part. <laughs> right. And really, they – I mean, there there might be a point if Horizons gets big enough, they might start giving headsets away. Like, that sounds crazy, but they might just give them to you to get you in Horizons because then they can advertise to you. They yes, can the data. Control was, your yes, you mean say. watch you? <laughs> hey, they all did the it. same yeah. thing. There was all these projects where, like, Google and Facebook was trying to just bring, you know, free VR or free internet to Africa with, like, these, you know, <laughs> Wi-Fi weather balloons, right? All these crazy ideas. This is sort of the same thing. They know that if you're on the Oculus, you're going to be using Facebook products. You're going to be, you know, Facebook monitoring. Same sort of deal. They want you on their right. system. They want you on your platform. So basically, it's kind of like the free games that it seems too good to be true. But then there's all the in-app purchases. And that's kind of what they're going to rely on. And plus, you're like you said, like they're or you're in their system at that point. They're they're creating they're that. creating a monopoly. Is what they're they're creating a oh, yeah. monopoly within yeah. their system. You know, like. If they can, if they can get you in their platform, then they can, you know, advertise to you externally. They can have all your VR in-app purchases go through them. They can have anybody who's a VR developer have to go through them too, if not exclusively, at least you know, bare minimum have to be with them and somebody else. Yeah. You know, it like they're they're going to start competing with with Steam and. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's, they're trying to, you know, build a bit of an empire, empire when it comes to like <laughs> the VR digital entertainment. Well, and Natalie brings up there. a good point from our comments is like, they can be cheap because they're going to be mining all your data. You are yeah. their product. <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. The guinea pig. That's why well, Facebook, that you know, Facebook is free. Like. <laughs> On that yeah, line, the next true. news piece, Adam, if you kind of want to rock through it, it's about Facebook. So let's just let's just get it out there while we're discussing all this. <laughs> right. I'll just throw this out there. So for our final news piece, um, we all know that the EU has some crazy privacy laws and all this stuff that Facebook is doing with linking their Oculus and Facebook accounts seems to have caused some problems with Germany where Facebook and Oculus has actually pulled away all of their Oculus store listings in Germany. So you, if you're in Germany, you can buy it in the store and that's it. There is no more being shipped to Germany for a while until we get this resolved. Mm -hmm. uh, so we know that the EU has some privacy laws about coupling where, you know, if you wanted to sign up for Oculus, you have to do through, so through Facebook. And the EU really doesn't like things like that. So whether this is a temporary thing or permanent remains to be seen. But for now, you know, Facebook, it's not just maybe causing some worries for for us gamers but legal things too in europe so will this change their mind yeah probably not <laughs> but right. it's causing some hurdles in the meantime if a lot more countries jump on yeah. this too and it starts happening maybe they'll rethink some of these some of these plans of theirs maybe they'll go away. <laughs> i feel like it was also germany that had a that they had a case sort of recently with uh apple i think it was a uh when it comes to like the epic um the like stuff surrounding stuff similar to how 
the the situation the legal situation going oh on yeah that's Epic. still a big With case that's like an ongoing thing right Ex- now. exactly so yeah, yeah some of those european countries are kind of leading when it comes to the advocating for the consumer and 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 trying to cut down on the malo- the monopoly of data that these very few companies have um, <laughs> well, what a surprise that europe might actually do something when america's just going to chase the money yeah right, <laughs> right. Uh, uh total random one we got a question from chat here makama kazik said is typing in vr hard Yes. Who here types much in VR? Yes. I Nobody. Because it is. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, it. It reminds me Even... of like the old Xbox 360 keyboard. If anybody <laughs> knows what I'm talking about, it was or alphabetical in the order. Wii. Or typing okay. in the Wii. Yeah, typing in the Wii is the closest I've come yeah. to like getting that feel of it right. Because yeah. it's like you have to aim at it and click yeah. and click. It's a little bit more intuitive than something like the Wii. But man, it is not pleasant. Especially for someone who... Yeah. is works on a keyboard all day and just cruises through it it's you don't, it's want, to write, not pleasant. You don't want to write your essay <laughs> however oh. i have seen some promising improvements i've been scrolling through the virtual reality reddit and there's this one user that's been doing all of these really innovative things with typing and just getting faster and faster and so maybe i, I think that Better typing will come in the future. Maybe not soon, <laughs> but it will come in the future. And I look forward to that day because, man, typing in my password for VR chat is awful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even yeah, even just simple things like passwords can suck. It reminds me of or if you're trying to, like, use your Roku remote to try to, like, search something in a title. Yeah. And, like, it takes you forever. You're trying to, like, <laughs> find where everything is. It's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- no one's nailed it yet. There's there's different things. Some you like point your pointers, and some you try to physically click with your fingers. I don't think anyone's quite nailed I, it I, yet. I, yeah. I feel like the 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 finger one I've used in a couple games, and that one was honestly better in some ways, just yes. because it felt like a more <laughs> physical interaction. Well, here's right. the thing. I, I feel like I haven't ever found the right solution to a VR typing, and I found plenty of wrong ones and some not so wrong ones, but yep. I haven't found a right one, a good one yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to the games, there was, I think, a, maybe a few points we missed uh, just to go over in the in the Germany case. So, Adam, was there more you kind of wanted to say on that? You know, one important point to bring up that, you know, our producer is lovingly typing to me and highlighting, <laughs> capitalizing, putting it all red and everything, is that this is actually really important precedent with European because with this German Uh, With Germany being a precedent for kind of pulling out Facebook over this Facebook Oculus coupling, it's giving um, a lot of precedent for other European countries to do the Mm -hmm. same thing within EU laws. And so this isn't going to be an isolated incident just in Germany with Oculus. This could be be all all Europe-wide. And so so it it could mean really big implications for what Oculus is in Europe soon. We just, we we won't know. Yeah. We need to see more. We need to see more countries fighting some of this data stuff. Because Unfortunately, unfortunately, we don't see a lot of that move to the U.S., though. Yeah, I wish some of that moved here. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I know. Uh, Vote for Adam. I will make it happen. (laughs) Vote for Adam. Adam, 2024. 
24, 2020? I don't know serious. if I'll be old enough. Yeah, yeah. I, think, <laughs> I, think old yeah I think I need to wait until the 32 election. <laughs> uh, I didn't know there was an age. I thought at this point yeah, we were just giving up. No, I don't know if there's going to be a 32 election. To be a president of the United States. Crap, so let's see. <laughs> yep. So I got to wait for... I gotta wait for the 32 election. Yep. We'll see if there's a 32 election. <laughs> yeah, you got you gotta wait. Yeah, if the world will last that long, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, before we get into games, Adam, you love your Asterian. Why don't you tell us about our sponsor? I do. So Asterian is the one product that was able to pull my VR headset out of the cardboard box. <laughs> so Asterian makes a beautiful headset stand, and its RGB can come in a number of varieties, so it can fit with really any sort of lighting situation that you have. And even without it, it is just a clean, polished experience. You don't even have to do the lighting. One of the best parts about it, though, is that it has a USB port built right into the stand. It allows you to charge your headsets, your controllers. I love charging my controllers on the on the stand. It just keeps all of your headsets um, and all of your VR peripherals right neat and tidy, right where it belongs in the place of honor in a beautiful RGB throne. And so if you are like me and had it in a wonderful cardboard banker's box for literal years, um, this is a great way to move it out into its place of honor highlighted on your desk. Yeah, you want to show this headset off to people. You don't want they don't want to see you pull it out of a gross old box, <laughs> then put it on their face. You want it to be on a throne. Use code full dive one word at asterianproducts.com if you want to get the Aura VR stand. It's going to take $5 off that price. It makes it just 24.99. Or if you want to see some other stuff on their site, that code works on any order over 19.99. So, you can get you can get something else. You can get some grips for your controllers. Grips. Check out asterianproducts.com. They're really cool people. Uh, we finally got to game together, some of us, not all of us, (laughs) some of us. Destiny, how was Pavlov today? Oh, that was so much fun. Yeah, because I think, like, that was my first time playing it with you, right? Because last time it was me, Jay, and Rip. So, I know, I got totally left out. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I know, right? Because we're the Pavlov people. Right, we um, talk about Pavlov so much, and it's great to finally, you know, I, I was... I can't say sit down and play Pavlov with you, but <laughs> we get together and play Pavlov and, you know, it was a blast, but I would love to hear your experience with it. So I'll say that originally we were going to play the game contractors, which they have the PC version, but I have it through SideQuest, And so like, I was going to try to play it without my link, but that was not working. And also my hands are doing that thing again where they're just like doing whatever they want. I don't know if it's tracking or what, so ignore that. But anyways, um, and so, yeah, I found out that apparently it is not cross-play, we think, when I'm trying to use it with SideQuest versus within one of the PC versions. So anyways, um, with the link, I do have Pavlov with it and without, and since they have the PC, we played it with the link. So we finally got to play together, and it was totally worth it. Like I said, even though contractors didn't work out. Yeah, we just played. We just played random game modes. We didn't take it seriously at all, which I now know is the way to play Pavlov. You take yes. it seriously, oh, yes. <laughs> and you get frustrated. Yes. No, just have fun. Run around, shoot each other for no reason. Uh, warning to the parents and children out there. I don't remember if this is a new update. Some man, the the gore level has changed a bit in the game. Oh, it is definitely oh, yeah. enhanced. Yeah, uh, yeah. they they brought up the gore level a little bit when they brought their anti-material rifle. <laughs> and now this rifle, literally in-game, it, it 
it can tear you in half quite yeah, like literally. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah there was missing <laughs> limbs and everything. And that's another thing with the Quest version. There, they used to have the gore, but they actually got rid of that. Oh. Unless there was another update. So, yeah, that's why it was very interesting to see all that core being brought back on the <laughs> PC version. But that's honestly part of the fun. I know that's weird to say, but it's kind of the fun part of Pavlov. So, because a lot of people were really disappointed when they did take the core away. But, um, I mean, it's a little bit less kid friendly, but hey, it's Pavlov. <laughs> you know, I mean, kids, every time I come back Mortal to Pavlov, Kombat. I'm sorry, Jay. What no, were you kids are say? playing Mortal Kombat. They've seen it. you know every time i come back to pavlov i am just astounded by the charm of the game you know i like to say that contractors and a couple other these newer shooters they have some really good ideas they're a bit more polished but man it just doesn't have the charm of pavlov pavlov is just it really is the the grandfather of shooter games on vr it set the ground rules for so many of these shooters to come and every time i go back to it you know it, it is Oh, I can't speak highly enough of Pavlov. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's definitely like the OG, like, FPS game for VR. Like, I don't think, and because of that, I don't think there's ever going to be another FPS game that I'll see the same. Like, it's, for no. me, it is my version of CSGO. Like, Pavlov is just, it's awesome. It's fun. And here's the biggest selling point of Pavlov. If you are still on the fence about VR shooters, this is going to be the biggest reason to pick up Pavlov. A couple other games like Contractors, you hop in and there's maybe like one server open. You pop open Pavlov, which is like, what, two and a half years old at this point? And there's thousands of players still playing Pavlov right now. There is hundreds of servers open. You could hop into almost any game and Contractors, you get one server and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And so that's why, you know, Pavlov might just be the game that never dies just because it is so popular. And it will continue to be popular because it's popular. <laughs> mm-hmm. Brian, have you played Pavlov at all? I, I have. I've, <laughs> I've I played more onward. Um, because you're I more have... in the sim. Pavlov is not really the military yeah, sim. I, I, I have played Pavlov, and I, and I know that it is a lot of fun. Um, the, 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 the less realistic or realistic damage that it has is is the one thing that i am not as much of a fan of but uh but when it comes to how solid the game feels overall it's 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 definitely there and it'll always it'll always be probably the example for everybody to to kind of go off of when they're making new games but i definitely think there can be a new one in the future that 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 people can make that That'll bring kind of everything. If they had a hardcore mode in Pavlov or something like that, which maybe I'm totally ignorant and they do, but then I would definitely probably be more open to playing that more often. Do you mean hardcore yeah. as in like a like a more punishing damage model or something yeah, like that? Primarily, yeah, primarily that, yeah. Okay, yeah. But you see, that's that's really what sets Pavlov apart, though, from a game like Onward. Like Onward really tries to have that punishing damage model sure. and really hyper-realistic aiming. And, you know, I feel like if they added it, I'm not sure how popular it'd be because they're not trying to go for the heavy milsim people. There's games like Onward out there for that. And Pavlov is really a goofy run-and-gun shooter, you know? (laughs) I feel like like Pavlov's Pavlov's maps are... 
in some cases a bit better than onward i think though so i think i don't i think i think it's just about availability honestly why not to add it? it's not that hard to add something like that you know most yeah. most flat screen shooters have that um uh you know modern warfare you know most of the call of duties most of the battlefields except for the latest one which is a huge turnoff for me um so uh, you know i think it's just about availability i think it would be fine for the people who want to to use it on see why not but yeah and maybe there is some modding available for that sure. uh yeah. you know you can you know you can uh mod in so that whenever you take a shot an op comes out of nowhere and just wipes you out right, right? <laughs> yeah they mod the crap out of that game so i wouldn't be surprised if there was and oh, honestly yeah. i think like my biggest downside for it the main thing i would like to see fixed which i know is not going to happen the the developer developers have already said that they're not planning on doing this but i do wish it was cross play like that would be really fun yeah but you know it we is saw how it that is. went with onward yeah no I think, <laughs> well i think they have the luxury of being able to get away with not doing because yeah. like pavlov the average steam users playing pavlov is a thousand plus yeah where with like onward it's a hundred to five hundred and contractors it's about a hundred so yeah. they can get away with not having crossplay because no matter what platform on you're gonna have servers open oh yeah and they probably don't want to risk degrading the game but I, my one qualm with it is the the recoil on every gun is just insanely intense like it it, I enjoy the arcadiness and the fun and the goofing around, but when I'm actually trying to kill somebody, I feel like I have to like shoot one shot with a machine gun. I have to wait for my hands to come back and <laughs> shoot another shot, and and that just okay. Even but when to we're put things fun. into perspective, Jay was running around dual wielding light machine guns, so maybe, <laughs> so maybe you're not the best example of how recoil should be it working. Was not, it was not with right? those guns that it drives it's got me these crazy. Shotguns. Look at all this recoil. <laughs> yeah. That I, that was uh, a symptom of the fact that I hated the recoil. I was like, well, if I get a shotgun in each hand i'm gonna be able to kill them in one shot with both <laughs> shotguns rather than holding it and still having it bounce all over the place so it is a fun uh, game i just i wish the recoil was a little less insane because it it doesn't quite feel realistic to the experience and it makes it hard to kill people especially with but the I, damage I model huh especially with the damage model yeah. yeah 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 you gotta really you gotta really shoot them a couple of times i know i came up yeah. to somebody with two pistols and put them to their head and shot and they didn't die <laughs> i was like okay that's come on that, that should have uh, has anyone here ever played doom vfr mm -mm. i played doom <laughs> okay but not so vfr I finally went back. You can probably figure out what VFR stands for. If you know VR stands for virtual reality, and if you know the BFG in Doom stands for big something gun, you can figure out what the F is. I finally went back. I played this once when it launched, and it was glitchy, and it was messy, and it just didn't work. And I was like, okay, this is not Doom. I don't want to play this. Well, this last week, I was like, I'm going to give it one more chance. I played it on PSVR. I got my aim controller out, the two-handed gun controller PSVR, and I actually had a blast this time. It worked. There's still some really janky things. You have like your grenade launcher, which is in your other hand, just sticks out of your face all the time and and drives me crazy. Uh, it it's a it's based on the whole Doom series. So if you haven't played Doom before, it's a first person shooter. It's intensely gory, it's intensely violent, hard heavy metal rock music is playing during the crazy scenes and you're running around fighting off hordes of demons that are trying to invade earth and that's really it there may be a plot but you don't know what it is you're just killing <laughs> demons as they come at you uh, basically you are the boss fight for the demons when you're running around <laughs> so for those of you who have played doom what what about vfr kept you out of it what made you not play it 
Well, you know, uh, so I loved the original Doom game. Um, and I'm not sure if I ever really wanted to get into VFR because weirdly it only supported teleport locomotion. Mm-hmm. And that kept me out of it. That was the big thing that kept me out of the immersive experience. A lot of these other games like, you know, Pavlov or Half-Life Alex, they offer smooth movement, which after having gotten your VR legs and uh, motion sickness isn't that big of a concern. Only being able to use teleport locomotion was a big turnoff for me. I remember yeah. seeing the trailer of it and thinking the same thing back when they announced it. I was like, "Sounds cool." I I I I was never a huge Doom fan, but I you know I was looking for shooter things in VR. And I was like, "It sounds cool," but I'm not a huge fan of that way to get around. You know, I think that the same for me. Same for me for sure. It, it is crazy. So to all my PSVR fans out there, if you have this game on PSVR, it has full locomotion. Oh, uh, no. But only Classic. on the PSVR. Classic. Why? Why would they make that decision? I do not know. Because they alienated the PC people who were sick of teleportation. And it works really well with the smooth locomotion. Really? Oh, that just makes me so sad. <laughs> oh, no, you, we got to stop talking about this. I'm going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> because if, 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 if Doom VFR actually did have smooth locomotion, I would be, you know, uh, roaring through that entire campaign probably right after this podcast because that ju- it just seems like so much fun. Uh, in the meantime, I just have to soothe myself by modding pistols or something into Blade and Sorcery, right? There you <laughs> go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's It was a weird decision of theirs, but for those of you out there who have been on the fence, if you have it on PSVR, if you can get it on sale, I would say check it out now. Now that it's things are working, it actually was worth the experience. If you're on PC, I don't love teleporting. I don't know why they never changed that. That was a huge loss to me. So Patch it in. <laughs> yeah, come on, Bethesda. Uh, oh, Bethesda. <laughs> no, if it's Bethesda, someone could maybe make a mod for it, you know? Yeah. I hope so. Uh <laughs> You guys played, I don't even know what this is. What is, what is DCS? DCS is, uh, uh, I think it's, I would probably describe it as the most magical experience ever you could probably have. Right? <laughs> you see, I don't know if I would describe it as that. <laughs> so DCS, well, the, the, if the, you got your worst... flight sims, there's a couple yeah. different layers, right? So you got your, you know, your War Thunders, which is pretty arcadey sort of sim flyer. So let, let's back it up. So DCS is a, a mil sim plane simulator. Digital so combat simulator. It is a, yeah, aviation combat simulator. Um, and so it has, it works really well with VR. You have fully modded cockpits, um, you can actually look at all of your instrumentation. In fact, I think you have to in many, many of you the do, game yeah. modes. Yeah, you do. Um, but it is just so detailed and in-depth that I don't know, maybe you really enjoy this, but I prefer a little bit more arcade sim well, it, type of play. It, and it, it was just way too <laughs> specific with everything. It's one of those things where I had every single button on my keyboard mapped to something. It was just a terrible experience. Well, see, well, see that's, where, that's, where you, that's where you have it wrong. See, what you need to do is you need to actually learn how to click every button inside the cockpit. That's uh-huh. what you got to do. You, you got you to gotta, you gotta know how to fly the plane, really. 
It, it okay. has. It so has if both, anyone, it has if both anyone wants to pick up this game, I want yeah. you to just Google the inside of an F-15 fighter jet, <laughs> and then imagine <laughs> learning every single one of those ten thousand buttons you see in front of you, 10, and you will have come halfway to learning how to play DCS. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's 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 super rewarding, especially if you're into aviation, especially in, if you're into uh, any military aviation for you know. Uh, Britain, U.S., uh, France, and uh, Russia, and it's it, it's the opportunity to learn how to, especially with the addition of VR, which they've had for a while, but it's starting to increase in its in its avail uh, in its like compatibility with other people's systems. They're doing some updates, actually, hopefully in the near future, six months maybe, um, that will hopefully up the performance in VR massively letting more people do it because right now if you're doing in vr it's 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 pretty it's taxing on your system but it's a it's it's a super rewarding experience to learn how to you know start up your plane function the a uh function the um the radar the weapon systems you know communication the radio i've i've learned so much about both the planes themselves and aviation in general, and the tactics used, which are incredibly complicated, um, and it's it's a it's a lot of fun. I have uh, the F eighteen, the fifteen, the sixteen, and the A ten, and I know how to fly um, all of them. And uh, and and it's so you know you're you're relaxing, jump into War Thunder. <laughs> is you know it's 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 almost equally as relaxing for me to jump into this once you know how to do it once you know like okay this is what i gotta do these things here and do that there and then you know take off and do those things there and yeah and you see every time people like you talk about dcs to me though it always seems like some sort of perverse you know stockholm <laughs> syndrome sort of thing no <laughs> i put so much time into learning how to do it you spend so much time with this thing that you that your mind just tricks yourself into having fun with it <laughs> it's like, well, it's like what is that I, what I is love that principle the the diminishing not like dimin it's not diminishing returns but it's like you put oh, so much cost time fallacy yeah yeah, you yeah. so much time yeah. into something that you have to keep going <laughs> no i mean uh, yeah i, I feel like i'm seeing it through it's yeah. it's uh, it's it's an example of of how far you can go especially within vr to doing stuff that's so real real to life true to life and and this will this will get this will go crazy especially when the new microsoft flight sim comes out and i and i would include you know that into the into the uh discussion of dcs and you know because microsoft flight sim has every single plane has clickable buttons it's not all of the systems like for me when i go in there i know how to you know function the airbus a320 the 737, the 747, and so on, 787. So I I hit a barrier where it's like, okay, I know how to do so much more than these clickable buttons and these cockpits let me, but mm. it's still being able to do those things and, you know, fly an ILS and operate the the, the, the weather systems and uh, do ATC, especially if you're getting into something like VATSIM, which is a whole other topic that people can, you know, research separately. Um, wow. it's, it's, it's something that, especially VR being added to that will unlock an opportunity for so many people to learn how to, um, f you know, uh, fly and, and function within the aviation world. Wow, I, I was, dude. I was actually, I was playing with somebody though, and they were like, you know, I think the more, 
I know about flying, the the more nervous I feel in a plane. It's <laughs> like there's there's so much stuff I didn't know, and now that I know, I it feels so complicated, and uh, and I don't want to be sitting there thinking that the pilots are one of them sleeping and one of them's having a coffee. <laughs> oh, right. So, but, wow. But it's a lot uh, of fun. No. You've done your job with this game by making me know enough about the game. No, I never want to touch it. <laughs> no, uh, well, one of the cool things about this game, though, is that you actually don't need, like, um, a joystick setup. You can actually use your controllers in-game. And and that is one of the coolest things about DCS. It is free, and so if you feel like being yeah. a masochist today, don't be afraid to pick it up and <laughs> give it a shot. Crash and, your and, plane and, a couple and, times. And definitely, and definitely try Microsoft Flight Sim, especially when the, the VR comes out, because because um, you'll be able to get that on Game Pass uh, for for cheap. And I think it, it'd be super fun, especially once they have VR and shared cockpit. You know, we could hop into a cockpit together and fly around and go see places and do these things. And it's not, it doesn't have to be stressful. It's, it's a, it's a crazy <laughs> way, especially within, you know, in the times we are now, you know, with quarantine and everything to see the world and to like hang out and that sort of thing. So yeah, I've always dreamed of sharing a cockpit with you, Ryan. So that's perfect. <laughs> 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 there's been, there's been some crazy stuff going on in the world this week, just in the world of news, in the world of science, technology. So it's it's likely you've heard about this. You've seen the video. You know something about Elon Musk's company, Neuralink. Yeah, and there's they, something about a pig thrown in there. Yeah, yep, I, I'm yep. sure you've seen something about it. I've only you've, seen the memes. You've at least seen a headline, and you were like, what is this going on about? <laughs> I have never thought that I would see Elon Musk and something about neurons and a pig all in the same sentence, right? <laughs> it's like a bad Black Mirror episode. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so on Friday, they unveiled a coin-sized prototype of a brain implant developed by Elon Musk's startup Neuralink to enable people who are paralyzed to operate smartphones and robotic limbs with their thoughts. Whoa. Just that sentence right there is like, the the implant, okay. Basically, (laughs) it said the company had worked to dramatically simplify the device since presenting an earlier version last summer. So if you didn't catch the video, there's a one-minute quick one you can see that shows that there's this pig that has one of these implanted into it, and they are able to translate from its brain what its body is doing in motion and are hoping to use this information to then take these implants and put it in someone who's like a quadriplegic. They can't move at all. And they would be able to control a phone, play a game, use these implants. And even as I'm saying that, I keep saying that word. It's freaking me out personally. But to to unlock this whole side of life that that they've completely missed out on. What did did you guys think of this news? This is just mind-blowing to me. I I watched the presentation when they launched the company, and I've been – sort of keeping up with a lot of a lot of this and and it's the progress they're making is crazy the the project you know they've made so much progress with spacex and they're doing the same thing with this and i think it's it's going to open up so many doors within the medical community before it gets to you know more consumer um, or like ultra ultra rich consumer applications um and and it's you know it's 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 not it's, it is. It does sound scary. The whole the whole implant thing, but you know they have a similar thing now, or a very rudimentary versions of it, where it's you know the netting that goes in your head that you can wear 
and you can control a prosthetic arm and that sort of thing and basic movements and or you know like fly a small drone with your brain signals and that sort of thing so it's just being able to tap in physically to your brain and get a more pure um uh less less noisy signal allows you to do so much more and have so much more detail um i i think that i think that it's it's going to get it's going to have the potential to get really scary but it also has the potential to say, to like to improve the lives of, of a lot of people. Well, and also sure, da- but and, also and, so, and I don't I don't <laughs> doubt that this is going to benefit people like paraplegics who will be able to you know move around and and control prosthetic limbs with incredible precision. But for gaming, for people like me, it's like sure, the, I I almost don't care how good the technology is mm-hmm. at this point. I'm not going to let anyone come over and and peel back a part of my skull and stick something (laughs) in my brain, you know? The little tiny (laughs) wires. I like my I like my skull the way it is. (laughs) Yeah, I I hope maybe they'll maybe they'll have a less invasive uh, a less invasive method that they can be applied to gaming. You know, just like something you put on your on your head or, uh, yeah, I don't know, but but and you know know, that's that's the that's the ultimate dream. Yeah, and that's what other companies are coming up with, where HTC, hey, these guys keep popping mm-hmm. up again in our news sources in the most unlikely of places. <laughs> HTC is popping up again with HTC Neurable. Neural. Neurable. Neurable. Yeah, <laughs> I had to reread that. I have it written down in sort of like my prompt just so I could remember it, and I, I only realize now that I've never said it out loud. <laughs> the HTC yeah. Neurable. It doesn't require any implants, just kind of sits on your head. And it's able to do something similar where it's reading your different, um, you know, the neuron messages Mm -hmm. that are going through your body to your limbs. And you don't need to peel back your skull like an onion. So, you know, that's (laughs) that's a plus. More of the R&D has gone into the to the hardware, not the name, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, They want to they try to put. And neurons and able together yeah. or neurons watch, and wearable yeah yeah we're, if you we're, watch we're, the video people yeah. people have this thing on their head and it looks like the things we saw in lawnmower man where you were terrified of the vr future it's got all these like not electrodes but these like pucks that are all over your head and the person can actually think about the remote control car that they see or the model airplane in the game and move it by thinking about it in their mind mm-hmm. And everyone in these videos is trying is just like blown away. They say this is like the best thing they've ever seen in VR. And I I would definitely try that right now if I had the opportunity. Oh, me Implanting too. Implanting something, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm in the same boat. I'm pretty terrified, but you, they're. I think you can buy the the like the drone ones. Um, you know where you get a little little drone and uh, you get a little thing you put on your head and you make it go up and down that sort of thing. There's basic that's, versions that's of it crazy. you can get. So weird. You we see, the in, number one thing that I would want with this Nurable type of stuff, though, is to play an actual Jedi simulator. Can you imagine <laughs> how cool that would be? Yeah. You know, it's we got a lot of sort of the Force-type interactions with Half-Life Alex and things like that. But being able to just think about it, it's like, I want that, you know, can of Coke to fly into that guy's face and it'll happen yeah. would be the coolest thing I've ever done. <laughs> just put me you back know? in Vader Immortal with one of these on. Right. Uh, Destiny, you're being kind of quiet over there. What What are your thoughts on some of this? Uh, I honestly, a lot of this is over my head. I'm not even gonna lie. I feel like, <laughs> uh, from what I can understand, I'm very in between. Like I can see where it could benefit, like you said, the medical community. But at the same time, 
it could be kind of weird. Some, you know, I feel like it's almost kind of like the Facebook thing. Like as long as the um, the intentions are good, then there could be good benefits. You don't trust Elon Musk go in a weird way. <laughs> Wait, you're saying that you don't want Facebook access to your thoughts? What? <laughs> I know, isn't that weird? No, <laughs> but uh, so yeah. I don't know. It's, I'm I'm in the middle, but it's cool. It's awesome. I mean, it, it is definitely like stuff that like I never really saw coming. Yeah, we're, I think I think I think where things can start to get different for all of this is when you're not trying to when you're not trying to take information from the brain, you're trying to put information into the brain. No, that's so scarier. <laughs> so so like yeah. so like sincere uh, sensory things or you know like total immersion things um that sort of stuff it, it's gonna you're gonna need to have i think something that's probably gonna be more invasive uh to be like okay i feel this water on my hands in this in this vr experience right so, so let's it. be very clear with what the neurable or not the neurable with what uh neuralink is and what it isn't so right now the neuralink is simply detecting neuron output so it is reading symbols that are uh, signals that come from your brain that say, for example, tell my arm to move. It is just simply reading those and translating those to the computer. So what Ryan is talking about is neuron input. And that's where it can get really creepy, where it will hijack the signals that normally come from your eye to your brain and kind of put a stopper in there and put different stuff in there. Oh, wow. And that's where things can get real scary for me imagine doing like <laughs> a sensor uh, like imagine doing like a sensory uh deprivation tank but while you're doing that you go into this whole other world because they're able to to pipe in uh the data that your brain needs to experience things it, yeah and That's see, right at this show. point is right when we go straight to the dystopian future. Because <laughs> uh, <the Matrix. laughs> that's, that's Matrix-level stuff, that's right? Like, this is taking it from, like, oh, hey, look, I can be a Jedi, yeah. to, like, man, these robots are stealing my thoughts, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and for those of you out there who are hearing about this and wondering, like, have they mentioned gaming? Is this a thing? Well, actually, Neuralink has said in the long run, the company is 100% certain that brain interface devices like Link will be used in gaming. Uh, so they're, they are thinking about this already. This isn't just yeah. us hypothesizing and making some crazy Link here. They're actually considering yeah. the future of this. But in the meantime, what they're saying is this could not only help someone move their arm that hasn't been able to, or this could cure, basically, they're, they're touting any disease of the brain, of the mind. This could cure memory loss. This could actually help fix that once the technology is developed yeah. far enough. So, I've, yeah, I've listened to him talking about um, the the stages that they want to go. They want to be able to help help movement. They want to be able to help Alzheimer's. Yep. You know, those the the increasing complexity of medical issues that you can help with these sorts of things. And then you know they they've talked about you know human human interfaces being able to talk to being able to communicate with each other not verbally but through yeah, nope, our <laughs> through our implants. And this is all stuff that they've. That they've that they've talked about and all stuff that is technically possible and it's just as things progress we'll see how far they go and 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 the privacy concerns that we'll have to uh address as things go and yeah it'll be it's definitely going to be crazy and it's not right. going to be as long as we think 
Probably. Uh, I think that we're going to have an easy two decades before we start seeing any of this for gaming, though. Yeah, but twenty. What is what is twenty? What is twenty years before stuff starts to get like that? Like, you know. Uh, yeah, I think I'll it'll be, be very 40, interesting. I mean, yeah, but forty's not old. Forty's <laughs> definitely not old for then. You know, no, you'll be president by then anyway. Oh right, you know, totally <laughs> right? forgot about that. <laughs> you'll have to have one of these to communicate with the American people. By yeah, then. Right? yeah. Adam Charlton, twenty thirty two. You'll just get interrupted by Adam talking. Welcome, <laughs> Americans. I'll beam my campaign speeches straight into your brain. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> oh man! Wow, it's perfect. Well, with that, we're gonna wrap things up here. Thank you so much to the live audience. We've been doing these live streams of it. I think that's super cool. So if you're if you are hearing the podcast, you're like, what are they talking about? Wednesday nights when we record the podcast, we live stream it to YouTube. So come check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe. Say hi. We actually respond to all our comments. We talk back. We're active people, but we find the time to take care of everyone who comes and hangs out with us. What about tell them about the Discord server, Adam? You know, the Discord server is a great place if you want to come chat with us or just normally hang out. We have a pretty active Discord server. We're on there all the time. Um, feel free to come by, pop in, and, you know, stay a while and listen and interact. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, what do the patrons get? The patrons get so much and more to come. Right now we're getting uh, the patrons uh, an early version of the podcast that's ad-free you get uh, access to private Discord channels that we're extremely active in, and you get to um, get your questions that you uh, want answered in the podcast pushed up to the top of the list. Um, and, you know, we're definitely open to uh, suggestions, and we want to make it as great of an, uh, great of an option as, as, as we can. And right now it's only, uh, was it $4.99 for the, for, the, for the level that we have? And... Um, and we definitely want to thank everybody that we have in our Patreon right now. It's 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 amazing that we that we have some people right now. And, and we'd don't love forget to see more. one of the bigger uh, Patreon benefits. So if you're watching this live, you know what we're talking about. But <laughs> we often stay around and just listen to true. our viewers and interact with them. We call this the Full Dive After Hours, and it is a Patreon-exclusive recording that you get to interact later. So if you want to listen to us when we're a bit more relaxed after the podcast, a bit more chill, um, become a Patreon and get access to these after the Full Dive After Hours forever and ever. Get some booze into Jay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adam, it sounds like Lindsay Charlton in the chat already, uh, you have her vote. She's saying Adam for president. So this nice. is the start of the campaign trail. It starts right now. The rest of your life, Adam, starts right now. You gotta work 20 internet points hand. to whoever photoshops me on, uh, you know, Adam 2032. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be better than the last thing you were photoshopped on. That's good. <laughs> uh, if, you're, if you're listening to us, we're all over the place. iTunes, Google, Spotify, we're everywhere. If you're listening, consider watching us on youtube if you're watching us on youtube but you think oh i'm missing episodes i i can't keep up all the time check us out on one of our many sites we're on hang out with us we're all over the place now it's pretty amazing <laughs> everywhere uh audience thank you so much for being here tonight and hanging out with us uh we're gonna say bye from the podcast and then we're gonna go to the after hours so we're gonna hang out bye everybody bye podcast bye, bye. bye.